Hello, Parkview. How are we doing? Good? Yeah, come on now. Good to see everybody uh, this weekend. Want to say hello to everybody on all the campuses around Chicagoland, New Lenox, Homer Glen, everybody around Orland, everybody online. So glad you made the choice to be here in week number three of Dear God. And if you haven't been around the last few weeks, uh, what we're doing is we're taking the Lord's Prayer. And maybe uh, you grew up calling it the model prayer or maybe the Our Father. Uh, depending on how you grew up, you probably call this prayer different things. But what we're doing over these few weeks is we're just kind of pulling the prayer apart and we're diving in and studying this prayer. When Jesus' disciples asked him, hey, teach us how to pray, how to get close to God, how to have that proximity. And he gives them this model prayer. This is how you could pray. And so we're just, again, we're tearing it apart and looking at exactly a lot of the things uh, that are behind some of these lines in the prayer. And if you were here a few weeks ago, uh, we started out with the very first line. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And one of the things that Pastor Tim pointed out was depending on your relationship with your earthly father, how good or bad it may be, that affects how you see your heavenly father. A lot of times the face of our earthly father ends up going onto the face of our heavenly father. In other words, if you have a great relationship with your dad here on earth, then you probably have no problem saying our father who art in heaven and you love talking to God as your heavenly father. But if you've had a rough relationship with your dad here on earth, maybe when you start to say our father, you start to think, well, I'm going to pray to the the father, the dad who's upset with me. I'm going to pray to the father, to the dad who abandoned or left me. And, and so a lot of times it's very difficult to even start the prayer this way. But here's what I want us to understand, Parkview. And that is that, that our father uh, in, in heaven, he's not a reflection of our earthly father. He's the perfection of our earthly father, Right? He's not just a, a picture, just a little bit better than our earthly father. He's the perfection of our earthly father. And he loves you and he cares for you perfectly. You can trust him at every single turn. Because he's going to care for you. So we say our father, our perfect heavenly father, our dad. And then that is what allows us to even go on to this next line. Because we know that he has perfect plans for us. We say thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice it doesn't say, my kingdom come. My will be done. That's how we like to pray it a lot of times. Our God in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My kingdom come. My will be done. No, no, no. It's, it's thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Last week, Tim talked about this. What if we would just live this way? What if we were committed to bringing heaven and God's kingdom to this earth and in our homes, in our, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. How different would this city be? How different would our church be if we just lived this line of the prayer with tenacity every single day and every single week? And then that brings us to this week, the third line in the prayer. Just six words. Give us today our daily bread. We're going to take the rest of our time today to just dive into this whole concept of what this means, our daily bread, and how do we digest this into our lives. And since we're talking a little bit about daily bread, I want us to start to kind of get in the mood for this message. I want to talk a little bit about food. Are there any foodies on any camps? Raise your hand if you're a foodie. You're just, admit it, be proud. Yeah, you're a foodie. 
I'm kind of a foodie, not like some of you, but whenever I go out to eat with someone, I like to get into this discussion to know who it is that I'm going out to eat with. And and I want to kind of do this with you because I want to know who you are, but I also want you to know who you're setting by or who you're married to or who you're dating or who you're engaged to and potentially marrying. If you're engaged, this information I'm getting ready to share with you is very important. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. When it comes to eating out and when it comes to food, there are some of you today on all of our campuses who are like same, same. That would be your classification. In other words, you go to the same place and you eat the same thing every time. If somebody says, hey, let's go eat, you already know where it's going to be. It's going to be this place and you're going to get this. Now, how many of you, uh, just by a, be applause on all campuses, just be proud. If you're a same, same, give me some applause. Yeah, Okay. Cool. Uh, you're a little bit boring. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Just <laughs> totally kidding. Um, you're, you're, you're predictable, right? You're predictable. You're, you're, you're solid. Uh, you don't have to think much about it. Here's where we're going to go eat. This is what I'm going to have. Okay? You're, you're same, same. That, that, that's cool. How many of you are in this category? You're different, same. So you want to go to a different place, but you're always going to get the same thing. So I don't care if we go to another place, but here's what I'm getting. I'm always going to get the chili cheese fries, or I'm, I'm getting the Reuben sandwich, or, or, or whatever it is. For me, this is me, and I'm always going to get, I'm a different same, I'm always going to get lasagna, okay, wherever it's at. If we're at an Italian restaurant, my wife knows this, I don't even have to open the menu. We don't have to, I'm getting, I'm getting lasagna. But you know what? It doesn't even matter if it's Italian. It can be a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant. If they got lasagna, there's a good chance I'm getting lasagna, Okay. Can you all make lasagna? Because that's just what I do. I'm a different same. How many of you by applause are a different same? You go to a different place, you get the same thing. All right, that's cool. A few of you joining me on all campuses. What about this? Some of you are same different. You go to the same place, but you want to get something different. You want to try everything on the menu. Maybe you go to the same place because it's close to your house, or you like the vibe of the place, or maybe you know somebody who owns the joint, that sort of thing. So you go to the same place, but you just want to try everything. You want to know what the specials are. What's your specials? You know, you're that, you're, you're that person because you want to try something new. If it's on the menu, you've already had it, right? So how many of you by applause are same different? You're same different. All right. All right. S- s- nine of you probably on all Chicagoland campuses. Not very many of you. And then what, ab- what about this? Here, here it comes. Here comes the party crew. H- how many of you are different, different? Just, yeah, you're already applauding. Yeah. <laughs> you're just different. You're just like, we, we are different and we are ready to eat anything, Todd. We just put it in front of us. We'll go to a different place. We'll just eat whatever is there. I, I, the reason I go through this is because I just want you to know who you're setting by. And uh, maybe you know now who you want to go eat with later today. <laughs> or maybe who you don't want to go eat with later today who's going to take you to some freaky place. Uh, <clears throat> that, that sort of thing. So that, that was information just for you. That's not necessarily in the Bible. Um, that's just stuff that I've brought... For you this weekend. And so here's what I want you to know. When it comes to this line in the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus said it, his disciples wouldn't have been thinking back to being a foodie or all these other things we just went through. As soon as Jesus says this line, give us today our daily bread, the people who are standing around him would have thought back to their ancestors, to their great-great-grandparents who were saved out of captivity in Egypt. That's where their mind would have gone based on this line of the prayer. If you have a Bible with you today, I want to ask you to open to Exodus chapter 16. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Exodus chapter 16, it's in the Old Testament of the Bible. You have Genesis, then you have Exodus. I want us to take just a little bit of time to study Exodus chapter 16 in the Old Testament because it has a direct bearing on how we understand this part of the Lord's Prayer. 
in our lives today. So Exodus chapter 16, we'll dive in there in just a moment. Let me bring you up to speed. God's people have already been saved from the plagues in Egypt, the ten plagues. They have been led out into the desert, into the wilderness, out of Egypt. God is leading them by a cloud during the day, a pillar of fire at night. God has already used Moses to part the Red Sea. They walk right across on dry ground. Remember, there's water, you know, just piled up on each side. God has protected them. He has provided for them in that way. They've also watched all the water collide back in, and, and they've watched Pharaoh's army, uh, Egyptians, just be destroyed in that. How, and they have seen God protect them. And they've seen God provide for them in just incredible ways. And you would think at this point in their story, they would just be ready to trust God and his provision no matter where he would lead them. But that's not exactly what happens. But this is the section that their minds would have gone back to when Jesus was teaching. Take a look at this, Exodus chapter 16, starting around verse 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if we had only died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, if, if only the plagues had killed us. I mean, there we sat around, pot, sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They were upset with Moses. They were upset with God. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. So there you have it. Each day, gather enough for that day, I'm going to rain down this bread for them. This is their daily bread. I'm going to take care of you. This is where their minds would have gone back to. And in this way, I will test them and see if they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gathered on the other days. So every day, just get your daily bread. What God is saying is, listen, listen, listen. I want you to rely on me every day. That's the whole goal of this part of the prayer. Now, on the sixth day, because you're going to have a Sabbath the next day, you gather twice as much, and, and it's going to last. That's okay to do that. But if you gather too much, it's going to go bad. And, and if you read in Exodus 16, they did that, and it got all bad and nasty and had maggots in it if they gathered too much on any certain day. And so that's what the people did. And it continues on there, and it says, And when the dew evaporated... A flaky substance, as, as fine as frost, blanketed the ground, and the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. And what is it, they asked each other. They had no idea what it was. This is what God did for them. And I'm sitting here reading through this and studying this over the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm looking at these words, and I'm thinking, all right, it's, it's, it's this flaky kind of substance, and, it, and, and it's, it, it's as fine as frost, and it's blanketing the ground, and I'm looking at it. They don't know what it is, but here's what I'm doing. You know, hello, I'm putting this together, and I'm thinking, this is like the first frosted flakes, right? <laughs> this, your parents told you you shouldn't eat that stuff, and it's all sugary, and it's not good for you. And I'm thinking, hello, it's in the Bible, you know, God gave us this kind of sugary cereal and that kind of thing. So, you know, careful with that. So it's, it's frosted flakes, I'm thinking. But anyway, it goes on there. And, and, and the Israelites called the food manna. Actually, not frosted flakes. Everybody say manna. manna. They called it manna, and it was white like coriander seed. And if you look up coriander seed, it actually looks like a Rice Krispie. <laughs> I'm telling you, see? And that's where we get all this. And it, and it tasted like honey wafers. And, and then it goes on to say, so the people of Israel ate manna, catch this, for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate that manna for 40 
Years. Is that crazy? I mean, how many of you, again, are same, same? <laughs> that is a whole lot of same, same. Right? I mean, I can think of same, same for a few weeks or even a few months, but 40 years of same, same. And I'm thinking about it. They probably got pretty creative. Different families are getting creative on what they do with their manna. Right? They got manna bread. They got manna burgers. They probably got manna pie. They got boiled manna. They got fried manna. They got grilled manna. They got banana splits. You know, they got all kinds of stuff, right? They're pretty creative with it. And, and here's, here, here's why all of this context is important. Because when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, all of these people listening would have said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Daily bread equals God's provision. That's what it means. We're asking God to provide for us. And as we say that today, as we say as a congregation, as a community, we say, give us today our daily bread. We're saying, God, would you provide for us today? And maybe for you, that's groceries. Maybe for you, that's rent money. Maybe for you, that's friendship. God, please provide friendship for me. Maybe it's energy to get through some cancer treatments. Maybe it's wisdom on a new move that your family's getting ready to make. I'm not sure what it is, but it's God, would you provide for me today? I love what the famous pastor Dwight L. Moody says about this. He says, we cannot eat enough food to last us for the next six months. We cannot take in enough air in one breath to sustain our life for a week. Neither can we take in a supply of God's goodness that will last us for the rest of our lives. We must rely upon God's provision every day. Every day. Now, how do we do that? How do we experience God's provision in our lives every day. Because there may be some here this weekend thinking, I'm not sure that I experience God's provision in my life every day or the last few months. I'm not sure where God has been. Here's what I want you to know. This is a section of the message that honestly I was thinking about just skipping over. But then I start thinking, you know what, this, this is just so, it's so important. We, we, we have to dive into this. And here's what I want to say. If, if you and I want to receive God's provision in our lives, we have to be in line with God's plan for our lives. God's provision and God's plans are linked together. A lot of times when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we, we pray it something like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us today our daily bread. And we kind of skip the whole middle part of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I know you're up there. I know you're big. Now let's get to business. Here's what I need. And we kind of treat God like a, a worker at a fast food restaurant, right? Somebody who works maybe in the drive-thru. And we go up to that drive-thru window and we place our order with God. And we expect to pull around about three minutes later and have God give us our order. We expect to have God say, you know what, Todd? I'm so grateful that you would even talk to me. I'm so grateful that you would place your order. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Here you go. And he just gives it to us. That's, what we, that's how I treat God a lot of times. But, but here, here's what I want us to realize. If you want to write something down in your notes, God's will must precede our wishes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then we start talking to him about our daily needs. And, and maybe you're sitting here saying, well, Todd, I, I don't know that I'm experiencing God's provision. I would say, are you living by his principles? His provision is linked to his plans. His provision is linked to his principles. But when we get our hearts and our minds and our souls in line with God's plans, in line with God's will, in line with God's kingdom, 
then there's no doubt about it. He meets our daily needs. He gives us our daily bread. It's met in full. One of the challenging things about a message like this at Parkview is that we have all kinds of campuses and we have thousands of people and all of us, every single one of us are different levels of extremes when it comes to our daily needs. Some of us have a fridge full of food and some of us don't have much food at home at all. Some of us have the ability to eat out basically whenever we want and some, some, some of us have to really budget if we're going to eat out. It's only twice a month or once a month or something like that. And, and, and some of us have a strong bank account and others of us have a bank account that's overdrawn. And, and, and some folks at Parkview have a steady job and, and your paycheck comes regularly. You don't even worry about your paycheck. And yet there's others at Parkview who, who have a lot of stress when it comes to their job and their paycheck and And there's a whole lot of worry and anxiety about that. And so what I want us to realize is when we hear this thing, daily needs, there's a whole continuum of daily needs. And and depending where you are on that determines how you hear, give us today our daily bread. So here's what I want to try and do, my best today. I'm going to give you my very best. And I'm going to pray that God would give his spirit and his guidance as we try and understand what daily needs really means, how we can digest this into our lives for every single one of us. And I want to talk to different ends, really, of this spectrum of needs across Parkview Church. The first group I want to talk to is maybe those of you who have more macaroni at home than steak. You you have maybe some stress when it comes to your bank account. Maybe your bank account is overdrawn. You have some some worry in that, your, your income. I want to challenge you. If you feel like you don't have much, I want to challenge you to live with less stress and less anxiety. And here's what I want to challenge you. Be at peace and realize who provides for your daily needs. Even if you feel like you don't have much, you're actually truly living day to day or week to week. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Listen, listen. Be at peace and realize who provides for your daily needs. In Matthew chapter 6, just after Jesus shares this model prayer, just down just a little bit further, he talks to some people who are worrying about what they have. They're like, man, I just, I don't have enough. I'm, you know, living day to day. I'm living month to month. He, he talks about that. And maybe this is for you. Let, let this speak to you if you feel some stress in your life right now about your needs. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I urge you. Or I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you'll eat or what you'll drink or your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow and they do not labor or spin? Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how will he much not more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What should we drink or what should we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things, all these other things we talked about, All these other things that you know you need, they'll be added, they'll be given to you as well. Seek first 
If you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you feel like you have some stress in your financial life or the food in the fridge or all those kinds of things, just the margin, seek first his kingdom. Be in line with his plans. Be in line with his principles. And all these other things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom sounds a whole lot like what? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And no matter where you are in that spectrum of needs, just continue to realize if, if you're living that way, that, that you have some stress, I want to ask you today, would, would, you, be, would you go out of here this weekend and, and have some peace? You may not have all you need or all you want, but, but God will give you and take care of you. He will give you what you need, and you can be at peace. There's another end of, of the spectrum. It's, it's those who have a whole lot, really. You, can't, you have more than you need. You, you don't have just your daily needs. You actually have your weekly needs. If, if we're honest, you probably have your monthly needs already taken care of. And a lot of times, this, I just find this to be true, is the more we have taken care of, the more weeks or months or years we have taken care of, the harder it is sometimes to, to depend on him. Because we have all kinds of things taken, taken care of in our lives. And so, so if you feel like you have a fully funded bank account and 401k and your, your paycheck comes with like clockwork and you don't even worry about it and, 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 and you just feel pretty, you know, independent, I want to challenge you with this. Listen, be smart and realize who provides for your daily needs. Be smart and realize it's God who gives you the ability, the brains, the energy, the strength to do and create the things that you're creating. I love the way Bill Hybels in his book, uh, Too Busy Not to Pray, he starts out with, with this few lines at the beginning. He says, prayer is an unnatural activity. From birth, we have been learning the rules of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. To people in the fast lane determined to make it on our own, uh, prayer is like an embarrassing interruption. Yet somewhere, someplace, we all reach the point of falling on our knees, bowing our heads and fixing our attention on God, and we pray. At some point, even those who have much, we come to that place where we realize, you know what, God, I, uh, I know I'm not as smart as everybody might think I am. I know this is you, God. And this prayer brings us back into our dependency upon him. There's a pastor over on the East Coast that is a friend of Pastor Tim and a friend of mine. His name is Ben Kacharis. And he writes this about this section of the Lord's Prayer. I think it's so good. He says, this phrase can really jolt us awake out of our lull where we may believe that we are self-sufficient. He goes on to say, try saving yourself from cancer. Or watch a millionaire with jets and boats and houses and bodyguards stand helplessly as their kids ruin their lives on drugs. Or a spouse walks away. Or their friendships begin to implode one after another. Watch those who build empires stand dazed and confused as they crumble or they're attacked and they're powerless to do anything about it. Or watch bodybuilders. And fitness junkies stare in disbelief as the doctor tells them they have three to six months left. We are not so in control as we think. We're like vapors. We're like mists. 
So this phrase reminds us that we are all at the substance, daily needs level. Even if we have money in the bank, even if there's an ATM nearby, even if you have really good credit and a retirement account and a vacation home, this prayer reminds us of our dependency upon God and that we are not as self-sufficient as we would like to believe sometimes. There's a section of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that speaks so clearly to this and oftentimes recalibrates me when I start thinking, you know what, I've got this and I've got my needs and I'm pretty good at this. This really sets me straight. It says, you may say to yourself, just fill in your name, Todd. You may say to yourself, my, my power and my strength and my hands have I produced this wealth for me. But remember, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and confirm his covenant. Todd, don't you dare forget. Parkview, don't you dare forget. Even if you feel like you have much and your paycheck comes on a regular basis and your fridge is full of food and you can eat out wherever you want, you can be different, different all you want. Don't you dare forget that it's God who takes care of you and provides for your needs. Be smart, Parkview, and realize that. And then finally, pulling all of this Bringing this all together, I would say, wherever you are on any campus, whether you feel like you have a little bit or whether you feel like you have much, no matter where you are on that continuum, I would say this, <clears throat> be generous and you'll never have to worry about running out of bread. Be generous, whether you have little or lot. And you'll never have to worry about running out of bread. Generosity, you know this, but generosity is a matter of the heart. It's not determined by how much you have. Hey, when, when I get more, Todd, I, I'm telling you this, when I get more, I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna be so generous when I get more, it's gonna be crazy. No, I bet you won't. I bet you won't. Because generosity doesn't have to do with how much you have. It's a matter of the heart. And I know people who have just a little bit and they're incredibly generous. And I know people have a lot who are incredibly generous. And I also know the opposite. People who don't have much and people who have a lot who aren't generous. Generosity is a matter of the heart, but if you will be generous wherever you are across all campuses, you'll never have to worry about running out of bread. Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, give and it'll be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, it'll be poured out into your lap for with the measure you use, it'll be measured out to you. Give and it is going to be given back to you. This week I've been trying to think about how, how do we bring this all together and this third line of the Lord's Prayer and how do I send us out into a new week remembering this daily bread thing. And, and so I'm kind of brainstorming, I'm writing things down. I decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going get to a, get a loaf of bread. We're talking about bread. So I'm just going to get a loaf of bread and bring it up there with me. I mean, a lot of times it's kind of slang. You know, hey, you got any bread? How much bread you got? Right? It's like how, how much cash? So we got, we got bread here and maybe some of you, check this out. Some of you right now, if you're honest, you're like a one slice of bread person. That's what you got. You're living day to day. You're living paycheck to paycheck. If, if you, you and your family, you and your spouse, you're like one slice of bread. You don't have a whole lot. You have what you need, but you don't have a whole lot. And here's what I would say to you. Even if you're a one slice of bread person, even if you're a one slice of bread family, things are tight. Would you still be willing from time to time when God leads you to tear off a corner of that piece of bread and give it to other people who are in need? 
Would you still be generous even when you're living on a very tight income? If you will, even if you're one slice of bread family, even if you're one slice of bread person, if you'll be generous and pull off a corner and give it to someone else who is in need, guess what? You'll never have to worry about running out of bread. Give and it will be given to you. I want you to know this. For, for me, just, just a, a little word about me and my family so we can know each other even better. When, when, for a lot of my years, Renee and I's years, as we got married, we were a one slice of bread family. We did not have much. We lived paycheck to paycheck for many, many years. When we first got married, we were in our uh, mid-20s, early 20s, and my first job was a youth pastor in Indianapolis, in Indiana. My, my yearly salary was $26,000 a year. And I was trying to take care of her. I was trying to still put her through college, $26,000 a year. And we were trying to find somewhere we could rent. We're a one slice of bread uh, family. And we found this old farmhouse. And, and the reason we could rent it is because it was only $300 a month. It fit our budget, $300 a month. The, the windows didn't set square. The doors didn't set square. You know, the, the wind came right in. We moved there in the wintertime. It was freezing cold. But here, here's the good thing. Our, our old farmhouse had this huge propane tank. I mean, it was a big propane tank. And we moved in there, and I realized, man, I can crank that up, and we could just stay cozy in there during the winter in our $300 a month place. And, and it was just fantastic. Until about three weeks in, <laughs> the propane tank ran out of propane. I'd never experienced this before in my life. And so I just call up the propane company and I say, hey, you know, we're out, of, we're out of juice, whatever that is. We need some more of that propane. And they're like, no problem. We can be out there later today or tomorrow. Fantastic. Uh, it'll be $450. I said, $450? That's like more than my rent for a month. And so you know what? We didn't have the money. We, we were one slice of bread. We did not have the money to fill it up. So the, the, the rest of that winter, I'd go out to this barn. This is a true story. I mean, I'd go out to this barn six, eight, ten times a day, and I'm filling my, my wheelbarrow with firewood, and I'm keeping a fire going in there because it is freezing cold. But that, that's what I did because we were one slice of bread. I'll tell you this. The other thing that kept us alive during those years, this is probably another message for another time, but another thing that kept us alive was, was when we were just getting married like that, we had a waterbed. Remember waterbeds? Remember you could do, you could dial those things up. We dialed our waterbed up to like 104, you know, and we would just stay in that waterbed as long as we could. There, the true story, I would wake up some mornings, I would wake up and I would go, and you could see your breath inside the house laying in the waterbed. Here's the thing, we were one slice of bread, but even during those times in our early to mid-20s, Whenever we would see somebody who had a, had a need, we never missed a moment to pull off a piece of our bread and what God had given us and give it to them. And here's what I want to tell you. We never had to worry about our daily bread. Never once did God let us down in our lives. And maybe that's where you are. You're one slice of bread. And maybe you're not a one slice of bread person, honestly. And part of the reason I started thinking about this is because a lot of you around Parkview, you're like a loaf of bread. You got, you got, here's the thing, you got more bread than you need. I mean, you get a loaf of bread every couple of weeks, or maybe you get three loaves of bread a week because God's given you strength and God's given you wisdom and God's given you all this energy and he's put you in the right place at the right time and he's given you the right relationships. He's orchestrated all kinds of things that you could have never orchestrated on your own. And so you're a whole, you got a whole loaf. And here's what I want to ask you. If you have a whole loaf of bread, if you have a regular income, if, if you have a paycheck that just comes, if you have a 401k, if you even know what a 401k is, um, <laughs> 
here's, here's what I would say. Would you be willing to give away a few slices? Not, not a corner. Not a corner. Would you be willing to take your whole loaf of bread and, and give away two or three or, or four slices of this to someone else? And, and maybe you're thinking, you know, Todd, it's, it is, this, is my, this is my bread. This is my daily bread. And here, here's what I would say to you. No, no, listen, it's, it's not really your daily bread. Here's what blew my mind when I really started studying this prayer and especially this part. Look at this. It doesn't say your daily bread. Look at what it says. It says, give us today our, our daily bread. This is a corporate thing. This is why we're a part of the church and community. If you have a whole loaf of bread, it's our daily bread. Listen, here's, here's what I bet. God is going to use your daily bread to meet someone else's daily needs. That's just the way he works. You've probably seen him do it over and over. What he gives you today, what he gives you this week, if you have a little or you have a lot, doesn't matter. But he's probably going to use what he's given you today to take care of someone else's daily needs. I've said this to you before, but let me say it one more time, just so you don't miss it. When you have more than you need, it's usually not your needs that God has in mind. When we have more than we need, it's usually not our needs that God has in mind. He has someone else. There's nothing wrong with saving up. There's nothing wrong with having enough as long as we're generous with it. Are we willing to peel off a corner? Are we willing to give a slice or two, a whole slice, which could be a lot to someone else to take care of them? Here's the, here's the next step as you head out into this week. Here's just something to think about, to put in your mind as you go out into today. Whose daily needs can you meet this week? My guess is whether you have little or much, God is going to use your daily bread and how he's providing for you to meet someone else's daily needs. Amen? Amen. Well, each week in this series, we've been wrapping up a time of study by saying the Lord's Prayer together. So we're going to do that again today. I want to ask you to stand to your feet, if you would, on all of our campuses. Stand to your feet. And today we have uh, a video in Spanish and in English. And so the first part is going to be Spanish. The second part with the little words under it is going to be English. When the English words come up, I would encourage you to join in and say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's look at this. <laughs> 